Welcome to the Tech.eu podcast, where we discuss some of the most interesting stories in European tech today. I'm your host, Dan Taylor. Let's do this. Hey, this is Robin Mautis from Tech.eu, and I'm joined here, not remotely, in person uh, by Dan Glazer. He's the managing partner of the London office of Wilson Sonsini. Um, welcome to Brussels. What brings you here? Um, I'm here for a little bit of a combination of business and, and pleasure, seeing some of my colleagues in the Brussels office and spending the weekends, hopefully, at the Christmas market. So Fantastic. Looking forward to being here. Well, welcome to Brussels again. Um, we've known each other for a number of years. Uh, for those who don't know you, who are you, what do you do, and uh, what brings you to Brussels again? Sure, sure thing. Um, so I head up the London office at the Silicon Valley law firm Wilson Sonsini. Um, and so Wilson Sonsini focuses solely on working with tech and life sciences companies through their life cycle, from the so-called garage stage up through um, public company, I- IPO, M&A, and, and beyond. Our London office in particular focuses on working with UK and Euro- European tech companies through their US life cycle, launch, scale, raise venture capital, exit, uh, um, through M&A or IPO in, in the United States. Um, our Brussels team focuses in particular on uh, EU data privacy and EU competition, and you know we, we, we like to stay joined, joined up between our London and our Brussels teams. Great. Um, so I, I'm sure that people can tell from the American accent, uh, but you were transplanted from the US, you moved over to London. Uh, why, when, and what was the reasoning behind it? Sure. So about, uh, about 10 or 11 years ago, right after the launch of the uh, Tech City Initiative, uh, by the by, the UK government in late 2010, uh, I took a meeting with the, uh, the, the 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 British consulate in New York. I was based in New York at the time, and they told me all about the, uh, the UK government's efforts to scale the digital economy. And as they said to me at the time, historically they had seen American tech companies go to the UK, but with the the growth of the Tech City Initiative, they'd start seeing UK tech companies uh, go to the US. Uh, and and the, the thought was, hey, how can we help them? Uh, and then faithfully, if you could do it on the ground in London, that would be brilliant. Uh, so spent a number of years uh, sort of going back and forth between New York and London um, to uh, really maybe kind of build up the uh, business case for, for, for putting an American team in the UK. Uh, and, and that's what, what, what we did. I moved full time to London in 2018, opened the office then, uh, specifically now with an integrated team of about 35 US and uh, dual qualified UK US tech lawyers working with UK and European companies as, as they look to the States, as they I often say look to access the commercial or the uh, capital markets in the States. Great. Well, that means you've seen a lot of deals. That means you have a pretty good perspective on the European tech scene. Now, we're recording this on 9 December, a Friday. That's two days after Atomico dropped its uh, exhaustive report, I would say, mammoth report uh, on European tech. Have you had a chance to read through it? Yeah. I mean, it's a fantastic work by them, as, as always. Thoroughly researched. Um, great, great job. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, I sifted through the whole thing. Uh, I, I posted like my 16 takeaways, so we'll go over some of them uh, together. Uh, but first and foremost, how do you sort of look at the past year in European tech? Yeah, look, I mean, when I, when, when I think about the past year, when I think about, about the future, you know, I mean, I go back a, a, a little bit in, in, in the tech ecosystem. I mean, I, I, started, I, I started working, as I often say now, in the late 1900s <laughs> uh, during the, uh, the, the dot-com boom and bust. Um, and so, I, you know, I saw that go up and down and then, then the sort of, uh, you know, the, the 08, 09, uh, you know, sort of great, great recession, sort of another up, up and down time. 
and I guess you know, as I think uh, you know about the last year and going forward, I, I kind of feel that we're another one of those in, inflection points that that you know what we saw in in twenty and in twenty one. I mean, sort of hit, hit historic heights, um, uh, at least rel- rel- relatively in terms of that valuation, just the number of deals getting getting done. And um, that's not quite where we are now, you know. And I, and I think that we are in in a bit of a bit, bit of a reset period, um, maybe a little little bit of a consolidation. But I you know I, I remain, and I think we all should remain, you know, long term bullish about what's being built in, in in the broader European ecosystem. I mean, it's it's incredible where we've come. I mean, I'll, I'll just I'll make reference to the UK because I referenced the, uh, the the Tech City Initiative in 2010. But it's really it's the same story all around all around Europe. Is it is in the, the UK and Europe? You look at you know, the aftermath of the, the the Great Recession starting in 2010, 2011, and, and the growth of the uh, the tech ecosystem around Europe, you're basically talking about a, a 10 to 12 year unbroken bull run in tech, which is extraordinary. And, it, and it's 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 created a focus on um, you know tech enabled companies driving the European economy that we just have never seen before in this way. And yes, while you know the, the valuations might not be as high now as, as, as they were you know a, a little little while ago, and, and yes, while we may be in for a little bit of a rough patch, we're never going back. I mean, we have permanently transformed the European economy to be far more focused on digital and far more focused on innovative businesses going going forward. And you know, and I think that we will be learning best practices from what what what, what we what we've seen in the past, implementing those best practices. And continuing to, to scale the ecosystem going forward in the same way that Silicon Valley learned best practices after the sort of dot-com boom and bust in the late 90s, early 2000s. And you know, as I sometimes say, yeah, in, in 2002, 2003, you know, I, you know, as an American, I, I can tell you tech was sort of the black sheep of the American economy at, at that point. But what was going on is that there was that consolidation, that learning of best practices, and it set off the valley on essentially a 20-year bull run. And, and that, that's where I see Europe going. Yeah, well, let's hope so. Uh, let's hope we get a rebound uh, soon. But for now, times are very tough. Uh, for you as a firm, that doesn't necessarily mean less work, just different kind of work. Um, what are you seeing? Like you mentioned consolidation. Uh, we also see this in the numbers, like lots of small acquisitions, uh, mergers between peers. Um, do you think well, we're going to see more of that and bigger deals as well? Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of what 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 we've seen as, as trends, and I think the uh, the Atomico report you know, had this as well, is that you know, one of the stories of, of, of 2020, 2021, I would say maybe the first quarter of 22 is, is, is the size of the rounds. I mean, just the, the number of growth rounds, especially American-led growth rounds um, into your European tech companies was, was largely un, unprecedented for, the, for the, the European tech e- ecosystem. And statistically, there just have not been as many of those large uh, growth, growth rounds, those sort of you know large C and D and E rounds, um, you know over the, over the past few 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 months or so. However, what we are st- seeing is still a, a very robust seed and ser- ser- Series A market, and there, there's no reason to think that that won't continue, especially be, be because if you look at the amount of money sitting on the sidelines, there is an extraordinary amount of dry powder out there at the moment. It just feels that there's there's probably not as much pressure to deploy. Um, and maybe the, the 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 bar to getting um, uh, the um, the bar to, to, to getting the money uh, to come off the sidelines has been raised a little bit. Let's say in, in the past few months, 
And look, none of us have, 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 have a crystal ball, but you know, as, uh, eventually the money does have to come off the sidelines in, in force. I mean, it's been invested by L, LPs, you know, not to gain interest as it were, but, 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 but to be put to work and, and to scale innovative businesses. So you know, I, I do certainly think that you're, you're going to see a, a, a return to historical norms. Do I necessarily think we're going to go in, immediately back to 2021? Again, I don't have a crystal ball, but you know, I think if you look at historical norms, 21 was a little bit of an outlier in in some ways. Yeah, yeah. just to pick on that, that's also, this is my main takeaway from the Atomico report, yeah. how extraordinary 21 was, not necessarily 22, because that was expected. But if you look now at the numbers, and you look back with like the knowledge that we have now, it was it was an insane year, and, and not in a good way in many, many, many ways, right? Like, I, I don't know how you see that from sort of an insider perspective in a law firm, but things were pretty much getting out of hand, weren't they? Well, I, I think the way I would, I would characterize it is, is if you look at, at, at valuation trends, let, let's say over, over the last the last 10, 10 years or so, and, and, and again, as, as you said, and you're absolutely right, if, if you look at it in retrospect, maybe it's a little bit clearer now, but um, you, 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 you look at, at the curve and it's sort of a gently sloping upward that, you know, that valuation trend and so you get to sort of, you know, the end of 20 into 21 and, 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 then, it's, and then it's a large spike, you know, and then you get into 22 and then, it's a, you know, and then it's, it's a pretty deep valley. But we've ended up kind of, the average of it ends up being a sort of gently sloping, you know, maybe up into the right uh, curve, right? Which is kind of where, where it should be. It just in the the way that we got there was 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 a little bit choppy. You know, choppy in in a positive way in end of twenty and twenty one, and choppy in a negative way in 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 in, in twenty two. But in the end, it does all arguably average out. And I think going forward, what eventually we, we will get to is something that looks more in tune uh, and consistent with historical norms. But I do think, you know, again, I think you, you alluded to this as well, I, I do think we're, we are going to see an increase in, in M&A going, go, going forward. I mean, um, you know, one of my favorite st- statistics, and again, I'm going to tie this back to London, but this goes back, this, this what I'm about to say is true for the, for the European ecosystem as a whole. One of my favorite st- statistics um, is that in 2010 in London, there was $100 million total invested into London technology companies. Right? Um, and that's according to London and Partners statistics that they put out at the time. Last year, there was roughly $25 billion invested into London te- technology companies. And that money uh, you know, needs to eventually find an exit. Right? I mean, as we, all, as we, all, we often say, um, with venture-backed tech companies, there's essentially three true outcomes. Right, M um, and A, IPO, or bankruptcy, and let's put aside the uh, the third of those options and not not focus on that too much. Hopefully, and you know, M and A or, or I, IPO, and there's a lot of money that has been invested in a lot of fantastic European tech companies over the past ten years that needs to find liquidity. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think what you alluded to earlier was that the investments firms have a lot of dry powder. There's a lot of capital uh, that they need to deploy. Um, should a lot of them also start thinking like private equity houses and maybe buy up companies or buy majority stakes in companies now that they have the money and the assets are sort of there for the taking, if I can call it that? Well, I don't, I don't know that, that, that traditional venture funds are, are, are suddenly going to you know, jump into leveraged buyouts, that, although that would be kind of fascinating. <laughs> um, but I, I, but I, I do think you are going to see uh, more private equity you know, gaining potential interest in, 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 in majority buyouts, right? Certainly you saw private equity coming in the last couple of years, dropping down and doing more, more venture than they historically had. 
I think a, a natural uh, continuation of that would, would be as these companies scale um, for, for private equity to some extent uh, come in and, um, you know, and, and take majority stakes. Although, you know, just, just to play a bit of a counterpoint there, historically, you know, pri- private equity is not necessarily buying loss-making businesses. You know, and, and that's, you know, that's when, when, when you think about where the market's headed in terms of exits, for the companies that aren't necessarily profitable, I mean, that really is looking more like, like, like an M&A con, con consolidation outcome, especially if, if um, later stage rounds don't, don't come back. I do think that you're going to see companies sort of faced with, with the question that, well, you know, if we are run, 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 running on a runway and, and we haven't pivoted to, to, to profitability, what, you know, what, what are the options? And you know, maybe you, you, you cut costs, you raise internal rounds, but, but if, if the market doesn't bounce back, Soon enough, then then you're, you know you're looking at, at, at a potential M and A M and A option at that point. It's probably not private equity, just because private equity that's not quite a private equity style business. It's probably more of a of, of a trade sale to a potential competitor or otherwise. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what about Wilson Sonsini's plan for Europe? Because you have 50 people in the UK, you have 30 people in Brussels. What what's next? What's the core focus going to be in the next five years for the company? Um, you know, we we continue to be massive supporters of the the, the UK and European tech tech ecosystem. I mean, um, we're we're thrilled at it, just, uh, the opportunities that we've had to collaborate with some amazing companies, some amazing amazing investors. Um, you know, right 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 now, the uh, the London office is, is sort of scaling rapidly, and we'll continue to see how how that goes. We'll continue to see how our Brussels office continues to build, and we'll 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 keep our eyes and ears open for opportunities. It's a very diplomatic answer. So I'll I'll ask you a straight question: Is that are you thinking of opening offices in the likes of Berlin and Paris and Barcelona, maybe? Um, you know, we, we 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 keep our eyes open to what what might be out there. Never 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 say never, but we're we're pretty excited about um, London and Brussels right right now. Yeah, um, and also because of the nature of the firm, you have a pretty good sense of uh, what goes on in the U.S. Uh, do you think what's going on there? Because obviously the downturn is global, uh, and, and also in public markets, which for the large part in tech that is the U.S. Um, do you see lots of similarities or also differences in the way that the downturn is doing, being you know coped with? Yeah, I, I I think that in in America and especially in the in 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 the the tech hubs like in New York, like a like a Silicon Valley that, that that have seen this, I think it it there's a little bit more of a um, taking it in stride per, per, perhaps. Um, I think that there's there there are long memories uh, to traumas maybe <laughs> that would be another way scars even scars. Right? Um, but but there there are certainly long, long memories to 2008 2009 long memories to 99 and to, to 2000 and you know, and and I can I can tell you that you know the valley was 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 humming back in 99 2000 New York was humming in 99 in, in, in 2000 the European tech ecosystems were not as developed right in 99 and in 2000 and I think you know this is a little bit more of a new phenomenon relatively speaking to go through you know um, an amazing high like 2020 and 2021 and then kind of a you know a drop down off of that that peak into 22 whereas I, I feel like in, in in the major US tech ecosystems there's a little bit more of an understanding that look if, if you're going to be in a, in a venture-backed tech ecosystem there are going to be great years and they're going to be not so 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 great years I mean it's you know it's a um, there's a little bit more volatility and I don't mean that in a negative way but that's that's the the nature of 
of the businesses. I mean, there's a reason that it, it that they're disruptive businesses. I mean, that these businesses are disruptive in, in many ways, and sometimes it can be unpredictable. And I just think that there's, because of the history in the US and the major ecosystems, there's just a more taking it in stride yeah. that, um, that that this is just, you know, this is the, the, the way that it's gonna be peer periodically. But it doesn't mean that the whole idea of building the ecosystem was flawed in the first place. Yeah, makes sense. Um, Final question. You said you were short-term short -term bearish, uh, long-term bullish, which I think goes for most stakeholders in the European uh, tech ecosystem and beyond. Are there any sectors that you're particularly bullish about in the long term? Is it climate tech? Is it health tech? Are there any industries or, or in, well, sectors that you think are, are going to be the future of Europe? Yeah, I, I, I think um, we're seeing some, some great things in, in AI. Um, definitely coming coming out of the, the, the universities and otherwise in, in Europe, and I think increasingly we're seeing some really interesting business models of how to how to, how to commercialize it. I think um, I think I think Europe can be is and can, will continue to be very very competitive um, with with any other players globally in the AS in the AI space. Um, I think. Um, Climate tech, absolutely. I think I think Europe has been a, a leader in, in the climate space, and um, I think I think this is a uh, this is another great 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 example of, of tech supporting industry, um, climate change, and making sure that we um, you know address the impact of climate change is 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 a, is, a, is a massive industry and is going to continue to be a massive industry going forward. And I think I see what I see is that Europe stepping up to that challenge to build disruptive, innovative companies that can uh, you know that 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 can help in the uh, in the effort. And then um, and digital health, right? I, I think that you know the the approach of the United States to healthcare, right, is very very different than the approach of the the UK and Europe to healthcare. And I think what what we've seen is is that maybe that approach to universal healthcare does allow for. Um, a little, a little bit more, um, a little bit more in innovation in the respect of being able to to deal with only a handful of players and, and work collaboratively with, with collaboratively with those players to develop new and innovative so, so solutions. So we've seen some amazing digital health coming coming out of coming out of Europe, and I, I expect that we will continue to going forward. Fantastic. Okay, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for uh, coming over, sharing your insights. Uh, welcome again to Brussels. Enjoy the Christmas market and uh, enjoy the end of the year. Thank you very much.